for me personally, I had to stop living in the yet because it keeps me on guard. For the, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for when and if so that I can be in self-protection mode, right? We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most beautiful queens that you will ever meet to unpack productivity tips from the Bible. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me, Liv, and I am so incredibly grateful that you are back for another episode of The Best Kept Secret. Y'all already know, I say it every single week, but I mean it. And for those of you that have shared with me personally that you are really enjoying the conversations this season, thank you, sis. Thank you so much. I would like to just shout out Miss Denise Lane for all of the love that she shows us on YouTube and how she cheers on each and every one of the guests. You are an absolute blessing and I love you. Today we are talking about godly ambition. And I know that some of you are a little concerned about this topic, but don't be, don't be. Bring your intrigue, bring your curiosity. We are absolutely here for it. But I want you to remember that we turn to the Bible for everything. And there are, quite honestly, verses that remind us not to be overly ambitious to remember that it will not benefit us if we gain the whole world and lose our souls. To remember that those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. And to remember that 1 John 2.16 says, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride in possessions or the pride of life as I learned it, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And so as we approach this conversation today, I want to remind you that when we think about holy ambition, when we think about godly ambition, we are thinking about those things that cause us to look outwardly and not inwardly. He has called us so much more, and you have heard that from each and every guest, from Amber to Lakeisha to Latasha to Jackie, and now to Tori. Today, as we get into our talk and our study on godly ambition, I want you to remember that it is incredibly important. Paul wrote to Timothy and told him that in those days, people would be lovers of themselves. They would be disobedient to their parents. They would be unholy. They would have a form of godliness, but lack God and that people would be cruel. Oh, it's a whole paragraph, y'all. And the one thing that it shows us is that we have to have the heart of the father and we have to pray that he would give us his heart because we know that it is not his will that even one be lost. 
He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And we have to capture his heart. This world is dying and it needs what we have. It needs who we have. But the word tells us that we are the only letters of recommendation that some people will ever read. It's time to get to work. It's time to pray that he would download his desires within us. And it's time to pray that he would make us so uncomfortable within our comfort zones that we step out of them, not because we want others to look at us and say, oh, she's so great. Look at her, look at what she's doing, but so that they might see the God that we serve and the compassion that he's given us for them. Our God is such a compassionate God. I am so incredibly in love with him, aren't you? Don't you love him? Today, as we approach this conversation about holy ambition, we're going to be looking at some of our goals and some of our motives, and we are going to be learning how to bring those to the Father and put checks and balances in place to ensure that we are learning how to worship him in spirit and in truth more and more every day. My guest is full of information. And she is quiet and she is calm and she is gentle, but I want you to listen close because she has some powerful wisdom to share with us today. (laughs) If you have not yet met Tori Stork, I want to invite you to get connected to her. Tori is a writer, speaker, and aspiring author. Relationships are her thing, and she loves connecting with others, hearing their stories, and seeing God do his thing. As a mixed-race woman, she understands the struggle to embracing your identity, and she passionately helps women, families, and students embrace the skin they're in as they begin to see themselves and others like Jesus does. When she's not writing or speaking, she can be found with her husband and kids enjoying a trip to Disneyland, cheering on the Vegas Golden Knights, or watching a true crime mystery or musical, depending on her mood. You can find her at Tori Storgi on Instagram, and I will link all of the things for you to get connected to her down below in the bio and the show notes. All right, y'all, it is time to get into this conversation, and I am just so excited to introduce you to my guest. She looks absolutely lovely in her pink sweater, (laughs) and we were laughing about this a little bit earlier because at the time of this recording, even though we live in Las Vegas, it is incredibly cold outside. And I am (laughs) so I have short sleeves on because I have the heat cranked all the way up in the house. Um, But Tori, your sweater is absolutely gorgeous and you look phenomenal. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm so excited to be here. I mean, I love you. I love what you're doing. I have a great time when we're together. So this 
settle in people. This is going to be fun. It is going to be so much fun. I'm so grateful God connected us. Y'all, we met and it was as if we'd known each other for years. We just talked about a ton of things that you don't normally talk about when you first new friends. I mean, it did take us a hot second to meet though, because we ended up at the same coffee shop, but in opposite ends of the city. So (laughs) that was fun. Yes. (laughs) Shout out to mothership. Mothership. I always call it wrong. Shout out to mothership. Oh my goodness. Well, let's go on and get into this first question. I just want to ask if you can tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, something that wasn't included in your bio, something that you're currently working on, or even Mm. something that you're excited about. Okay. Well, excited is I am pitching. We were just talking about this too, a little bit before we started recording. I am pitching my memoir next month. So I am super excited about that. There's, it's been a 30 year plus journey to get to this point. And God has really over the last, probably I would say five years, intensively the last you really been doing some work on me and in me and through me. And I can't wait to share that because I'm mixed race. And so my mom is white. My dad is Puerto Rican and just bringing a voice to that reality, to the, to the way that we see ourselves, the boxes we've been put in, the boxes we put ourselves in that others have put us in just all the different layers to our narrative that a lot of times goes unseen, noticed, and we feel kind of misunderstood. And it it kind of has evolved because I kept looking for books and resources as I was trying to figure out where do I fit and how do I fit? And especially with, I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, but all of that. So I, I just wanted a, I wanted a book. I wanted something, a resource, something. And they were so limited. I could barely find any. And the more I searched, the more limited I found it. And so God just really impressed on my heart. I've given you a story. I, this was not without a purpose. Amazing. And congratulations on finishing your book proposal. In oh, it's not finished it. yet, but it will be. <laughs> Well, congratulations in advance, because I know you are working on that bad boy diligently. Yes. (laughs) My family will get me back in um, April. (laughs) (laughs) I hear it. You know, writing is intense. And what was interesting was I had not written for other people in over a year. I had been writing. I was writing the particular book that I'm working on right now Mm -hmm. for myself in my personal devotional time. And so I'd not written for other people in a while. And it wasn't until I began to edit everything that I remembered how much Mm -hmm. you pour out when you write. So I am incredibly grateful that you are just spearheading this space and the conversation in this space. It's such an honor to know you. And whether we are mixed race or not, we can all, we can all empathize and Mm. understand what it's like when others put us in a box. So we are all here for the book. Come on. And we can't wait for you to update us on your progress. So 
You know, Paul talks about ambition in Romans 15, 20, and he talks mm -hmm. about this ambition that he has to preach the gospel in places that it has not been preached before. I want to ask you, why do you believe that it's good we cultivate holy ambition? And one of the reasons I'm excited to ask you is because right now you are walking through this process. Right now you have an ambition, as I do, to release this book, baby. Mm -hmm into the world and to just touch more hearts, you know, for the love of the father. What would you say to those who are struggling with that godly ambition? Wow. So for me, because I can only speak from my own experience, I believe that God has given us this, this innate need almost. We are his vessels. And so he gives us unique gifts. He gives us um, abilities. He positions us in places for his purpose. And for us, I think sometimes not to take full advantage is not the right word, but to fully embrace what he has entrusted to us is not being a wise steward, first of all. When it comes to the ambition part, I think that that can, I think depending on how you're wired and how he created you, it can kind of go either way. So you can either be just so content that you're like, I'm good. Like you, you don't feel the need to do something. And it really, it takes intentionality for you to become motivated. On the flip side of that, you can be a very driven person and it can be very easy for that ambition to slide into pride and kind of like we were talking about um maybe it was yesterday we were texting or today but i don't want to ever get to a place where my ambition and my abilities have created so much confidence in myself that when I present, whether it's the book baby or whether it's something else, that there is not room for God to show up. And for when he does, that I recognize only God, because I don't want to ever have enough of me that I don't realize it was him. It is a very thin line. And I feel like sometimes you walk like this on either side of it, like, and, and some days you kind of go one way or the other. And it's really easy. I mean, for me personally, it's really easy for me to go, okay, God, do, is this because you called me to this or is this because I want to do this? Like I see a need. Oh, wait, did you, did you give me eyes to see the need or am I just wanting to do this? And it just becomes an everyday die to myself, lead me today. Because I can't look at tomorrow. Because that, I, if I do that too, if I go too far into the, into the future, for me personally, that's a bad place for me to get. Because then I start seeing all the things I need to do, all the things that, that maybe culture or a profession is telling me this is, hey, here's all the steps. This is the way you have to do it. Even though inside I can feel God going, 
yes, that is the way, but I have a different way. I have, wait for me, wait for my timing, wait for my direction, wait for my guidance. Like, wait on me. Stop trying to push this. And then also going, okay, well, I'm just going to sit back and wait then and put my feet up. And then two months go by and I haven't written a word because now I'm just procrastinating. That is good. My goodness, that stewardship is so important because it's so easy to, I guess, and waiver is not the word that I'm thinking of, but it's so easy to go back and forth between the two extremes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my question is, how do you steward that space? How do you find that balance between waiting on the Lord and continuing to work? but not getting too far ahead when you receive all of that advice. Because when we are looking to publish a book, my goodness, the amount of things they tell us we need to have is absolutely overwhelming. So it's hundred percent overwhelming. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie. I think whether you're trying to publish a book or whether you're teaching a kindergarten class or whether you are pastoring a church or whether you are just you know, regardless what it is, if you're leading your family at home, regardless where you are, life is overwhelming, especially in these last two years there it's beyond exhausting and overwhelming. So the first thing I have to do is pray. Like I have to submit and commit what I'm doing to the Lord because I can't do it in my own strength. He knows I've tried. I have come to the end of my burned out self, which is a really unpleasant person to find. <laughs> Ask my family, they'll tell you. <laughs> and, 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 but when I got there, giving myself permission to take a break, because I don't think that Sabbath and rest and breaks are something that our culture is really good at. We're good at talking about them. We're all, we all say we want one, but we're really not good at implementing it. We're giving ourselves permission to pause. And I, I posted earlier this week on my Instagram account. I was like, you know, God, one thing that God has taught me is he can do more with my pause than my frantic productivity. And, and that was all, that was a God quote, that was not me. He was like, I can do more with your pause right now than with how hard you have frantically been striving because let's call it what it is. That's what you've been doing. So stop it. Um, So that's the first thing that I have to do. The second thing I do is I have a few people that I have around me at all times who are allowed to speak truth into me. They are allowed to tell me when they see me going off course, when they see me striving and they are allowed to come in my office, shut my door and say, Hey, your pride looks like it's getting in the way. You don't need to keep working this hard. Stop it. I see what you're doing. You see what you're doing. Stop it. And you have, you have to let people that you really trust who not only have your back, but they are cheering you on in your corner as well, that, that are wise people of God 
to surround you, to help steward you. Um, I mean, Proverbs talks about surrounding yourself with wise stewards. And so I really, I really try to do that. Um, and I, I think those two things are probably the most important for me. That's good. You need prayer and you need people. Remember that. <laughs> that prayer and people. Yes. Prayer and your people will help you remember that God can do more with the pause than with the <laughs> frantic productivity. My goodness, that was good. <laughs> I just love God. He is He is so creative and he speaks to the need that we have in such beautiful ways right? that it always just, just makes me fall so much more in love with him. <laughs> he knows, I mean, he created us. He knows how we're wired. So he knows what's going to speak to us. And I mean, the day he said that to me, I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not in a, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble, but uh, yeah, I've gotten off course. I need to, I need to back up. So I need to give you some space to do what you do. It's so true. I have never, I have never met anybody naturally that can love us like him. And one of the things that mm -hmm. I just never fail to be astounded by is his ability to confront our areas of weakness and the opportunity we have for growth in such mm -hmm. a loving way. You know, yes. I feel as if when we feel that shame just come over us, there of course is some part of it that just, you know, feels sad that we disappointed our heavenly father. Mm -hmm. But when it stays with us and when it mm. becomes paralyzing, we need to remember that it's not him. Absolutely. He just loves us so well that mm -hmm. it really just makes us whole again. So that is mm. Good. That is good. Our conversation will be back in just a moment. But for now, I'd like to invite you to get connected to The Heart, the email newsletter that I send in partnership with the Colorfully Candid Paradigm. It's through The Heart that we'll have the opportunity to introduce you to what our ministry partners have going on, what featured interviews we'll be hosting in the Colorfully Candid Collective, and who will be joining me for the live recording of the best kept secrets. It's my hope that you will be there right along with us. Now, go on and click that link in the description or the show notes, and let's get back to our conversation. You know, we have kind of talked a little bit about personal ambitions and putting those checks and balances through those people and that prayer in place. And I mean, I for one have spent periods of my life being defined by my personal ambitions. Mm. Ooh, my goodness. I mean, and, and I was incredibly proud of them. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, incredibly excited about what I had going on. And to be honest, it was what I found my comfort in. So it wasn't until God showed me who he was that I began to recognize that, uh, to your point, I didn't mm -hmm. have to strive so much and that he could be that place of comfort. But I want to ask you, 
what kind of recommendations would you make for that sister of ours that hears what we're saying and honors it, admires it, but she has been defined by those personal mm -hmm. ambitions for so long that she's not exactly sure how to bring them into alignment with God's will when they're a little bit out of sync. Wow. So earlier this week, I was actually combating that a bit in myself because like you said, I, I take pride in what I'm presenting. And, and I think that, I mean, the, the Bible says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. I think we can also take that verse a little to the extreme and then end up finding our own pride in it, which I think is maybe that for me, that can be something that I teeter in. But this week I was, God took me to Genesis 21. And I actually, I started, I knew that I was supposed to read Genesis 22, which is the story of Hagar. And because I was just feeling invisible. And so he is the God who sees. So I just wanted to remind myself that if no one else ever reads these words, if no one else ever reads the story or the blog posts or watches the podcast or hears my words, he sees me. He sees me. So that's where I needed to start. And as I started reading, I was probably in verse like two, three, something like that. And he said, go back one. And I knew he meant like, go back a chapter. So I went to chapter 21. And in chapter 21, it's where Abraham is where he has called Abraham to take Isaac and sacrifice him. And at first I was, it's funny because again, he created me. He knows how I'm wired. He knows how I'm going to think. And I, I didn't even get to that part. I read the first part of the chapter and I'm like, oh, I see where we're headed with this. Okay. I'll finish the chapter, but I see what you're doing here. And by the time we got to the part where He's taking Isaac up and he's, he's tying him up and he's laying him on the altar, knowing that Isaac is the thing he loves the most. He has prayed for him, this to happen. He has prayed for a son for years. He has prayed for this opportunity maybe, or this door opening or this book proposal or whatever it is. And now God's asking him to lay it on the altar. And are you willing to put it here knowing you need to walk away and I may consume it or I may give it back to you. And, and you have to be willing to let it go because ultimately it was mine in the first place. And he was like, are you willing to do that? And so after I sat and bawled for, I don't know, quite a bit, I'm like, but God, it's mine too. And he's like, no, it was, it's not. He's like, you are mine. The story is mine. And if all I ever hope to accomplish with it is healing pieces of you, that needs to be enough. Will it be enough for you? 
And so I had, so I'm sitting there and I'm reading this at night while my husband's sitting next to me watching TV. And I'm like, hey, pause the TV a second. Hey, you know all the writing I've been doing? What if it was only for God to heal those places in me? And he just looked at me and, you know, sometimes like the person who's not walking the path does. And he's like, well, if that was all it was for, then wouldn't that be enough? I mean, anything else he gives you, wouldn't that just be gravy? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But I wanted the gravy. I'm going, I got to be willing to go. He loves me that much that he may have me write a book to myself just for that purpose. And if that's all it ever is, then you know what, God, you love me that much that you wrote a book just for me. Okay. I'm okay with that. But letting that go, it's not going to happen. It didn't all happen in one evening. Trust me. Like it's a process. It's, and there's going to be, if you're that person who is going through that right now, there's going to be a bit of a grieving process because you've held on to that for a season. Maybe you've held on to it for a lifetime. And maybe it's a dream you've had for a long time. Maybe it's it's something that you have, you know, like Abraham and Sarah, they prayed their whole life for this and they finally got it. And then God asked for it back. Like, are you willing to give it back to him? Because it was his in the first place. So, yeah, that's been a that's been a a lesson that I'm even daily having to remind myself. Like, okay, I'm I'm going to continue on what I I believe you've called me to do in this moment in this season. But if it's just for me, then that's okay too, y'all. Y'all, did y'all hear how our sister just preached to us <laughs> in her calm and gentle way? My goodness what a word what a word what if he's done all of this just to heal us and and how much how much does that show how he loves us and to what great lengths he will go to ensure that we are healthy Mm -hmm. ah my goodness that is absolutely beautiful which can Ooh, be hard. I am to, going to play that again and again and again. Which that can be hard to receive. Like it's hard for me to receive because I haven't, I've been with Jesus. He's always been a part of my narrative. He, I've grown up in a Christian home, but I can know about Jesus and not really receive Jesus. Like I'm not saying that I haven't received him as my personal savior. But there are aspects of his love and his care and his trust and his guidance that I think because of circumstances in our lives, we get to a place where we don't trust people. So we don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he, he has never, I, it's so funny. You, you know that song, Do It Again. It says, you've never failed me yet. That line always drives me crazy because it implies that he could or he might. And I'm like, I, I, we did it this last Sunday at our church. And I looked at my husband and I said, 
if I was leading that song, I'd take yet out because there's no way he's ever going to let us down. So don't say yet because it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So for me personally, I had to stop living in the yet because it keeps me on guard for the, I got to be ready. I got to be ready for when and if so that I can be in self-protection mode, right? Oh my goodness. You know, you spoke about how it can lead you to a place of, you know, grieving what you have left or lost or are even at the risk of losing when we give it all to him. And we know that the Bible tells us about people that weren't willing to make that risk. And so they went away sad. Mm -hmm. They still were affected. They just chose to go away sad without Jesus instead of stay with him and let him walk through those seasons of grief with Mm -hmm. them. And so my question would be to you, how were, how would you encourage the one who has been asked to hand that piece of themselves over, to hand that dream over, to hand those desires over? How would you encourage her as she is wrestling with her grief in this season? Oh, sweet friend. I, I don't know how else to say it other than it sucks. It really does. It, it hurts and it's painful and, and it's, it's not fun. And I was reminded this week, I I texted a, a close friend of mine who was, she was actually the one who was like, you got some pride you need to deal with this week. <laughs> and I'm like, you're right. Um, but I texted her the words of Paul and I'm like, why is it I keep doing the thing, like I know what I should be doing and I keep doing the thing I don't want to do. And, and so if I could give you any, any word of encouragement, give yourself grace, give yourself some grace because it's a process. Like I said before, and, and God knows your heart. God knows what you're going through. He knows that you're grieving. He knows that you care so desperately about the thing, whatever the thing is for you, he knows. And he cares about it even more, but he cares about you even more than the thing. And so for me, it's just, you've got to give yourself some grace to walk through it. Don't, don't rush yourself. Don't be on anyone else's time frame of how long it should how it should look, how long it should look, but look for, look for him in the grief because he's going to comfort you. He's going to give you peace that just doesn't make sense. Even in the wrestling, he's going to speak to you, but you've got to be willing to look for it. And, and sometimes it might be in the most unlikely of places. So don't discount the the passing word from a coworker or even the side comment from a from a child god can god speaks out in little babies let me tell you they can set you straight real quick but let him walk with you he's not trying to take anything from you he's trying to do something for you he's not trying to take anything from you 
He's trying to do something for you. Mm, that is good. So good. You brought the fire and you, you warmed and cooked the frog as one of my mentors said. And so thank you so much. This conversation was so oh, good. So I love some questions. Okay, let's go. Yes, yes. This is the best kept secret. And so we want you to let us in on a few secrets. These are oh, super easy. I'm an open <laughs> book. I don't think I have any secrets. My question is, where are you going on a day off? Where is the first place you're going? I'm going to my home away from home. I will be at either Disneyland or California Adventure. You'll find me in one of the two. I'm an open book. Although, although, okay, I'll tell you my secret favorite place there is actually at the Grand California Hotel. You do not have to be a guest to enter. And they have this beautiful fireplace. And it is my favorite place to just go and hang out. They have rocking chairs in front of it. And it is the most peaceful, quiet, amazing place. And it's this, it's like, it's probably the size of a wall. It's massive. I gotta go. I gotta check this out. Let's do it. It's just a little road trip. That's all. My next question for you is what is one productivity tool that you just can't do without that you absolutely love? A productivity tool, I would say, okay, if it can be an app, then that's a whole nother story. I can't live without Canva. Canva is my 100% go-to. I use it all the time. It's always open on my desktop. It's always on my phone. Um, can't live without Canva. Canva is taking the win. It, give me a second one. Okay. My second one would be, shoot, I got to look at my phone just a second. No, that was, mm, let's see. My second one is probably going to be Slack. Okay. Yeah. So Slack, if you're not familiar with it, is a, it's kind of an inner office instant messaging system. And so you can create channels. So certain teams can talk amongst themselves about projects and things. We use it all the time at work, but I have a couple of other side things that I do and they were already using it as well. So I can toggle in between all of those and talk to my people when I need to. That's awesome. That's awesome. without using text messages. So uh, it's nice uh, because your, your text messaging isn't blowing up all the time. Yeah, that's really nice. That's really good for nice. boundaries. Really good yes. for boundaries. Absolutely. My last question for you is what's a podcast you're listening to this week? Okay. So encourage, uh, the encourage family. Uh, they have new podcasts out that are these daily, like five to eight minute long segments. And if you follow them, they, they do daily devotionals for women usually. And so now they have one of their editors that reads those daily devotionals. So if you're like me, that sometimes you get it in your email and you see it, but then you never get back to it. And then you didn't read it. And I'm sure it was great. She reads it to you like on your way to work. It's amazing. And these women are phenomenal Bible scholar women, but they're also super practical down to earth, just like you. And that. you're one of them, aren't you? Haven't you been featured on Encourage? I have, I have written for them. I am not a regular writer, but I have, I have, I have written for them and I love them. 
That's amazing. And we are cheering you on. I am going to link down below. I'm just so excited to follow your journey and see everything that God does. My goodness, it's going to be so good. But y'all caught that humility, right? Because she definitely was not going to tell us. I've been featured on it. I love it. I love it. That's what friends are for. I'm here yes. to pull it out. You know, I just want to ask you if you would close us out in prayer. I'm so grateful oh, for you. Absolutely. Oh, Father, you are so, so good. And um, we just pause for a moment, Lord, and we just we just want to sit in that goodness with you. You have done so much for us and you have so much more for us that the things that you want to do in and through and for us, Lord, even if it's just for us, let us receive that. Let us be that light and that salt to those that we are, um, that we come in contact with. Lord, each of us have a circle of influence. And Lord, today I just pray for each woman who catches this podcast that you would remind her of who she is in you, that she is loved, that she is chosen, that she is beloved, that she is redeemed and forgiven, that she is enough just the way you made her and that you love her like crazy. And let her then be able to exude that in her circle of influence. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. And we're here for your glory. In your name. Amen. Amen and amen. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. And I would be honored to hear which part of this show resonated with your heart. Make sure that you take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me at CandidLive on Instagram. It would be so nice to connect with you and even feature you right here on the show. Until then, know that I am praying for you. I know that you're praying for me too. Love you.